Yes, welcome back to the Dead Set Legends here on Sydney's Triple M 104.9. Wendell Saylor, Jude Bolton and Gus Warland. And the big fella, he's up there at Magic Round. Wendell Saylor, how has your first couple of days in Bris Vegas gone, brother? Yeah, look, to be honest, it's been great. Uh, we uh, flew in Thursday uh, about 11 o'clock and just uh, the whole vibe of Magic Round has been so good. You know, all the NRL uh, fans wearing different jerseys. Uh, everyone's been so positive. But also, the weather has been unbelievable. This is why Brisbane is the home of rugby league, or Queensland is. Oh, well, settle down, mate. It's pretty good here in Sydney today as well. What about you? What sort of week you've had, brother? Mate, been a good week. Uh, obviously, the Swans announced an AFLW side at the end of 2022, which is fantastic news. There's a pathway now for young girls coming through. And, yeah, I'm interested to hear from the fans today around uh, some of the changes, the rules that came out just before last night's round in the NRL. So there was... Social media just lit up, didn't it? In, in a negative way as well. So we're certainly going to be talking about the Friday night uh, games um, in the next sort of couple of minutes or so. And plus, we're going to talk AFL a little bit later. What about the Turkish Grand Prix? Cancelled and replaced by another Austrian race. Man City, a Premier League champions. The A-League, Sydney FC against Western United. Later on today, the Mariners and the Jets tonight. And then tomorrow, Western, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, who are on fire at the moment, playing away in Perth. The Swannies against the Magpies today and the Giants against the Tigers, a tough one tonight. But coming up next, it is the Friday night footy wrap. We're going to go through absolutely every game so far. And Tommy Turbo, please. Wow. How good are you? Quite an incredible first couple of games. The Tigers came out absolutely firing, Wendell. Uh, How was it up there, mate, being in the ground? Yeah, look, the vibe was really good. I think they had 30,000 for the first game. And, um, you know, unfortunately for uh, the crowd, I know Kalen Ponga is out for a couple of weeks. And that's the problem with Newcastle. It seems when Ponga is not playing, they struggle. Um, You know, they haven't got a plan B. Uh, Yes, last night they were out energised by this Tigers team, which... Mate, you talk about rocks and diamonds. You just don't know which Tigers team's going to come out. But Michael Maguire made a few changes. Dewey's been their best player for the last month or so. Mm. He puts him to centre, puts Moses on by the five. I'm thinking, what are you doing? Like, you don't put your best. But you know what? Madge is an NRL coach because he knows what he's doing. So It was a master stroke, was wasn't it? Really it was it a was master stroke. It was a master stroke. Everyone got so much energy. But I reckon the most, I think, um, the most composing about their spine at the moment is Dane Laurie at fullback. Yeah. He's just a footballer. Um, he's not overly big. He'll take a hit up. Um, he just he has awareness where to be. But Dewey, um, you know, he scored a couple of tries. Moses Enboy played his best football in a couple of years. You know, he's obviously on the lookout for a new club, uh, as Tigers said. But I just, I, I just can't put my finger on what the Knights are doing at the moment. There were four players sent to the sin bin in the game, yeah. mate. So take take me through how you viewed it uh, in the in the box. Look, I, I think I know they want to stamp down on, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the head and that because, you know, the head knocks and stuff. But I, I think it's an overreaction. I think doing it on a round like this, I, I know they put the warning out there, but I think we had eight sin bins in, uh, you know, in two games. And nine put that's, on report. Yep. Yeah. The one, that's ridiculous. I, honestly, look, I, I get that we've got to protect the players. Some of them you can understand, um, you know, that, you know there's, there was a call to go to the sin bin. But some of them, like, they were slipping up and they were just getting them in the face and that. This is not... This is not marbles. It's not tiddlywinks. This is rugby league, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. What about the next game? Manly, though, up against the Broncos. How can one player be so good that he lifts everyone else around them? The confidence that Tommy Turbo gives that Manly side, they're a different team when he's playing. Well, I've said this before, and I think I said it to a couple of people. I think the most important thing before Tommy Turbo came back was they had that win against uh, the Warriors. I think, you know, um, that field goal, that DCE, that gave them enough, a little belief to think, okay, we can win these tight ones. But then once you get someone like, you know, we talk about F1 and you talk about, you know, know, uh, fast cars, 
you bring someone like Tommy Turbo in there, he doesn't have to overplay his hand, and he's playing great football. I think Tedesco said uh, at the moment, James Tedesco, I know Teddy's being humble, but he said he's the best fullback in the game at the moment. What he's doing, he gives you so much confidence throughout your team, whether you're going through the middle. Tommy can do everything, but what he does... He gives that confidence to guys like Jason Saab. You oh, know, how Kepi good is he going, the Saabmeister? Actually, can I, can I bring this up? <laughs> I think you need so, to rip him. Rip what do you mean? Him. Okay. I, I want to bring this up because Manly is staying at a hotel. Uh, so <laughs> I've seen Jason Saab over the last couple of years come through the system. So I know as a young winger mm. running into big forwards and that, and sometimes I know he probably didn't run the ball back the hardest and he was making mistakes. So the first couple of weeks, we're on our little group chat, and um, <laughs> Gus's message is, Jason Saab is the worst player in the NRL. So, sorry, young Subby. I hit back and said, mate, he's only a kid. He'll be okay. Just give him, you know, give him a couple of months. In the next 12, 12 uh, months, he will grow into his – because he's only a young kid. I think he's only 19 or 20. You know what First it is? School. It's outrageous that our private WhatsApp can get just thrown out there. No, you need to be held accountable, mate. No, you mate. need to be held accountable. You're the biggest myth a... yourself. You're throwing <laughs> yes. that around. And then I sent him a message last night while Salvi was killing it, and he goes, oh, mate, always been a big fan. I knew he'd come good to kids. It's reverse psychology, mate. Dale, yeah. I, want to, I want to ask you, is, yeah. is Daly Jerry Evans in career best form? This is, yeah, is he's in... playing really good football now. Like, and you know, Also, you know, they haven't got a specialist number nine, and I think you know, Tommy Turbo gives him confidence. I think Jake last night's the same. And DCE now, he, you know, he's looking to lead that Queensland team this year. That's what he wants to do. Uh, he is playing great football. And also, don't forget his ego uh, took a bit of a hit when they were talking about shopping him around. Mm. You know, he's still got a couple of years to go, but he doesn't want to go anywhere. And if you have a look what they're doing now at Manly, also he's a big part of that now. Yes, yeah, certainly is. That's the first two games of the Magic Round. We'll obviously go through all the other matches coming up today and on Sunday and also the AFL a little bit later in the show. Boys, obviously I haven't played sport at any sort of level compared to you guys. We but know that. I, I, so- yeah, okay, mate. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is that I hear coaches all the time saying, oh, I'm, going to take, I'm going to take the blame for that. And I'm like, why are you taking the blame for that? The coaches, you know, set up obviously the team, but the players, you're well paid to go and do a job, make tackles, kick goals, whatever, or, or score points in some way. Why is it the coach that continually says, I'm going to take responsibility for that? For me, there's, there is a bit of an unwritten rule, and this is around coaches taking the blame publicly for any sort of losses and performance and then conversely letting the you know the team and the players celebrate the victories you know the like fantastic effort by so and so and that sort of stuff for me that that helps in the longevity of the coach but also builds trust from the playing group that you know the coach is in you've got my back you know the whole time however privately absolutely you can smash the players I, i'm big on that they've got to be brutal and accountable and honest just that i don't like it when it's played out publicly because you're throwing the player under the bus, undue pressure. Sometimes you can use it as a little barb to just spark performance. But if you're constantly throwing under, throwing the players under the bus, I think it erodes trust. Okay. Now, fair enough. Now, now this is a, this is a sort of pep talk I'm about to play for you now that I imagine coaches who are fired up that have just protected their players in the press conference, but might go back into the sheds and say something like this.
and that goes on and on and on. Well, if you a language warning for, yeah, for yeah. Well, we beeped them out. Yeah. But you probably get the gist. Hey, kids. You get hey, the general gist. Hey, Morning, kids, everyone. Sorry, sports going great, yeah. yeah. Wendell Saylor, have you had yeah. a spray like that? Oh, not like that. I, look, actually, um, actually, Wayne Bennett, he, he's really controlled in the way that he, that he sprays you. Like, he does it in a real sort of um, smart way. Like, he, he doesn't try and put you on show. But Give us an example of, of oh. when he's done a smart thing <laughs> to get you back in line. Okay, so just say, just this will surprise you, but just say, like, we had a Friday night game. So I'd make sure that I got my, like, mad haircut, the fade and that, all that oh. done, like, you know, on Wednesday <laughs> no. and that. And then I'd do a few promos, and then I'd be doing the footy show on Thursday. But then on Friday night... You know, I didn't play that well. And then so the weekend we'd have off and come in on Monday and, you know, he highlights your mistakes. He just goes, oh, sorry, boys, not sure who that was, but that wasn't Wendell Saylor because he was too busy worrying about his promos all week. Oh, and yeah. Was going, yeah, yeah. And it's then a little clip. There, okay, okay. So, so what I do, I, you get back on the training field, you do the extras, cut out that crap and make sure the next week you didn't back that crap up, you know? Yeah. Um, and, I, I just, and I just remember... He knows how to pick his mark. Like if Lockie had a bad game, which was very rare, he'd pull Lockie aside and just you know have a word to him. Big Gordy, you'd get into Big Gordy, you know, and just understand to roll Big Gordy up is to put him on show a little bit, like me in front of the boys, you know. Okay, so, he so his mark. Coaches need to have a spray yeah. in their armory. They've got to be. A, yeah. They've got to have. Have it you there. had? A, have you had a big oh, one? Like Rodney Ead was one of your coaches. Rodney, he... Rodney Ead would give a twelve out of ten spray. Like it was just like he'd just peel the paint off the wall. Would he individually hammer you, or would he just just looking at everyone? One, giving both, them daggers. Both. He could do both. Like the individual ones were the, the bad ones, but but also we, we had Ruzi. Ruzi was like obviously a great communicator, but yeah. he moved down to coach on from the bench at one stage. And when you're coming off after making a mistake, the eyes would just sear through you. It was just <laughs> horrific to be there. I'll tell you, actually, I'll tell you who was good at giving a spray. Eddie Jones, oh, small yeah. in stature, real smart and articulate sort of bloke. He, mate, no one's off limits. No one's off limits in front of Eddie Jones. Uh, I love it. You know, it's, you'd sort of try and duck a little bit. And I remember, you know, one time I was... I wasn't at my best over there in, um, over in South Africa. And he, I said, oh, he goes, what do you think I should do with you? I said, oh, he probably should send me home. He goes, oh, there you go. Selfish. You're such a soft, you know what, you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, oh, man, I can't win here. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? I've really enjoyed Magic Round so far, even with all the, uh, even with all the talk and the negative talk around this clampdown on, on, on foul play. I've really enjoyed the footy. So far, uh, the West Tigers were on fire right off the bat. 36-18 winners over the Knights. And then Manly with Tommy Turbo again doing the job 50 to 6 over the Broncos but boys we have had 8 in the sin bin and 9 players placed mm -hmm. on report if we keep going like this we may not have enough players for next round in the NRL uh, your initial thoughts Dell, watching it last night such pace of the game so many changes happening are we doing too much all the time or should we just settle and say you know what the game's good enough we don't need to keep making changes yeah, we're just being reactive to what, you know, whether it's, you know, the media or whether it's, you know, um, you know, coaches are saying sometimes, you know, we, we, we've, um, we've made so many rule changes in the last probably 12 to 18 months. We've just got to chill out a little bit, you know, because the fabric of the game, uh, it's a good product. But even last night, I know the Broncos were getting flogged, but a lot of the fans just had enough of the way the Broncos are playing. But also, 
just the sin bins, you know, those the fans turned up this weekend to watch football, to watch some of the best athletes in the world play, and they're just not getting uh, their bang for buck. You know, they just feel like they're being, I suppose, ripped off. When I talk to some fans, they're just going, what's with the send-off still? And I, I, sorry, the sin bins and stuff. And yeah. I get where they're going. I get what they're trying to do. And I just think it was a week, this weekend, I know it was building towards this, but I don't think it was the weekend. I know you can put the memo out there, but, you know, the, the refs and that have been given a um, given a mandate, and they came down hard last night, and it wasn't, wasn't good to see. When we've sped up the game so much, Del, mm. and you've got players that are fatigued, there's going to be yep. tackles that slip high and, yep. and maybe you know, catch the neck or head head contact. Are we creating it into you know touch football or you know That's what? Right, are yeah. we expecting too much of the players? I think so. It's a bit like a, it's a mix between Oztag and, and rugby league and a bit of touch football at the moment, you know. And I played through that Super League era too where it was really quick. So it suited big guys like me. You could take the big forwards on and make them look silly and then I'd score 80-minute tries. And that. I All right, mate. But, um, <laughs> sorry, no, but, but back to the game, it is getting way too quick, <laughs> I think. And we have got the best athletes in the world, you know, uh, cutting edge, everything they're doing. Uh, mate, actually, at the hotel yesterday, I saw that young Schuster – can I tell you, he's a big kid, mate. He's mm. he'd be as big as me. So I couldn't imagine, like you know, tr- mate. The guys like their timing and stuff, and you got guys like Saab or Josh Adokar coming back at you, and you've, your timing's out just to touch. Um, you know, th- that's what. Look at David Fafita last week. I know it's. I know he got him hot. Looked like you know under. You know, like um, that, that big kid in under eights. He threw <laughs> his hand out. He did get him high. So you know, he gets a couple of weeks. But Gordon Tallis was blowing up about that. Said he should have got a fine. But Gordy works for the Titans. Of course he does. Let's forget <laughs> yeah. about that. One triple three five three. Give us a call. Your thoughts on this crackdown by the NRL when it comes to foul play? The best caller gets a one hundred dollar D Shop voucher. So give us a call right now. One triple three five three. What about David in the Hawkesbury? David, what are your thoughts on this crackdown by the NRL? First of all, I just want to say I'm a massive fan of the show, boys, and Thank I love what you guys do. Thank you. No worries. Um, look, I'm a huge fan of rugby league. I love the massive hits. I love the you know the competitiveness of the game. But to be honest, I'm actually for this crackdown. I think for too many weeks, we've seen way too many players getting hurt. You know that that hit on Tedesco the other week was, mm. and um, I think if we're not careful, we're going to lose way too many stars to injury and things like State of Origin will become a second-rate competition because there's too many players being taken out. Thank you, David. Appreciate your call. Can I just ask you quickly, Dell, before we go to Bill and St. Ives, what about the five-minute sin bin for these type of fouls? Is 10 minutes too long? 10 minutes is way too long, especially the, the, the quickness of the game, obviously the skills of the players now. You know, five minutes in bed might, might, might be the, um, I suppose, the middle ground there, yeah. Yeah, a bit of middle ground. What about Bill and St. Ives? What are your thoughts, mate? Is rugby league gone soft? No, I agree with the first caller. I think it's a great idea. I think uh, we've gone too far down the track of people grabbing at jumpers and grabbing too high in tackles. Uh, When I played, I was taught how to tackle around the legs and the waist. And maybe, uh, you know, that sort of tackling practice will come back into rugby league again. Yeah, good Blake call. People actually know how to tackle again. Good call, Stevie Mortar, one of the yeah. smallest men taking down Eric Growth in grand finals round the bootlaces. I love that. What about Debbie in Windsor? What are your thoughts, Deb? Hi. Yeah, good day, Debbie. Hello, what are your hello, thoughts? Um, yeah. Um, well, how come? I just want to ask the question: Why have they done it now instead of in the beginning? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Dell. Yeah, but I, I think I think there's because there's been more incidents, as Jude said before. You know the Tedesco stuff. Obviously, last week the Parramatta boys, you know, um, they feel those uh, illegal plays and stuff. So I think, and there's been such a spotlight on it with with us, the media. We keep talking yeah. about it, so we keep raising raising the awareness of it. You know, it's getting very soft, like 
not like it used to be with all the, uh, then it's a try, go to the re- video ref, mm. it's a try, and then they say it's not a try. Yeah, no, certainly, no. If you've, certainly a lot of changes, Deb. Thanks for your it call. What, okay, thanks. What about John in Harrington Park? G'day, boys. How are you going? Yeah, good, good thank you. Good what are your thoughts? Has rugby league gone soft? Boys, it has gone so fast. It's, it's unbelievable. Guys, I'm telling you, if it keeps up, Next year, they should incorporate the magic round with the nines because that's how many you'll have left, left on the bloody field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you're right. I was thinking that, like, I know it's magic round. We don't want to make players disappear off the field. That's what they were doing last night. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, that's why I reckon, guys, it's gone too far the other way. Um, and honestly, like, come on. Some of those tackles last night, please. Yes, I certainly felt, I certainly felt last night that they went a little bit too far. But I think yeah. surely they can lift the, the fines and things like that. Only the most you know terrible incidents should be sent off. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, so five them. in the bin rather than ten in the bin and put blokes on report and fine them rather than give them weeks off. Yeah. John, you're going to be our main man when it comes to this $100 voucher for D-Shop. If you haven't done any D-Shopping lately, you're missing out on huge deals, everything home and more, dshop.com.au. You have got the $100 voucher. Thanks to you for all our callers. We appreciate it. Time now to talk to Gordon Tallis, the Raging Bull. It's been one hell of a start to Magic Round, uh, Gordy. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts around, uh, well, the referee? I suppose is the most controversial. Yeah, yeah look, look, uh, it is obviously. Um, you know, they want to clean up every game, and uh, I think we're jumping a little bit at shadows last night. Um, you know, using the sin bin for some of the some of the headshots. Mm. Um, I think they're jumping because you know at the SCG on Anzac Day, um, Pereira hits Tedesco, um, and then last week with the Parramatta guys, and I think that yeah. they're trying to clamp down on it, but. It's probably the wrong weekend, and I think some of the some of the sin bins last night were a little bit soft. You know, rugby league's rugby league. I think it's got to look like rugby league, um, and it's not everybody's game. We know that it's warriors that go out there and play every weekend. Like when you play sport at a high level, that's why people tune in because you can't do what they do. Yeah. No, absolutely right. Max Krilich, this morning on on my morning walk, we bumped into each other. He said, "Gus, can you mention this this morning to Gordy? It's not." Rugby union, it's not touch football, it's rugby <laughs> yeah. league, you know, and Mate, he, he hey, certainly and played it. it tough. Hey, that's it. And UFC yeah. are yeah. taking on boxing at the moment, and there's all this type of stuff. And, and you know, I know that AFL's not for everyone, basketball, netball, whatever. There's some sports out there, and it's not for everybody, and not everybody likes it. But rugby league's been a popular game. It's given us so much enjoyment. We can't mess around with the fabric of it, I believe. Speaking of Fabric, Gordy, uh, the Broncos uh, last night, um, they tore pretty easy like Fabric. Uh, oh, mate, you know, I tell you what, Wendell, mate, they're missing your leadership. Remember that time, mate, when you captained us over in New Zealand when we are all out? Mate, you led us. Yeah, we lost. To a great loss. Yeah. <laughs> Not a great shot to you anyone. One of the greatest, mate, one of the greatest defeats in our history, but geez, you were magnificent <laughs> on the wing. To be honest, Ben Eichen let me down. He did his ACL that game. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, I'm gonna ask, this week's been very mixed for the Broncos. Obviously, lost yeah. a young talent like Xavier Coates, uh, Katoni Stacks, yeah. uh, signs, Adam Reynolds signs. What, what do the Broncos need leading into the future? Because uh, last <laughs> night, geez, that was poor. Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, uh, I know it's not all Kevin's fault because, um, you know, it's been the fabric of the Broncos for the last couple of years. Yeah, look, um, Wendell, you know that when you're losing, it's sometimes it can be contagious and you try harder and for some reason you just can't get that W. And, uh, you know, from where the club was last year uh, to get the wooden spoon, um, they're a worse roster. So 
you know, without David Fafida, um, Jack Bird's gone back to the Dragons, Darius Boyd, so, uh, and they've lost young Christian Wells and a few other guys as well. So uh, they are rebuilding. Uh, it's great to sign Adam Reynolds for um, a quality halfback to show faith in Kevy and his direction and Katoni Staggs, who, who's in, you know, he's one of the best centres in the game. But when will they need? Last night, I think, when when your chips are down and you've got to bite down on the mouth guard, you look to your senior players, you know, like you look to your experienced guys that they can just steady the ship and they don't have that at the moment. Um, but in saying that, I thought their last month that they've improved, you know, they they were really good against Penrith, you know, uh, they were great against the Cowboys. Uh, the week before that, they were good. And then last night was sort of against what they were building for. But, you know, that's what Kevy said, mate. They've got a lot to work on. And just as long as the players are prepared to work hard, I think they can get out of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, all right. The Dead Set Legends coming up to the end of the first hour. The second hour is going to be an absolute beauty, talking about Formula One and all things motorsport with Greg Rust. We've got the DSL all-rounder quiz, which should be an absolute cracker. Your chance to win $200. The big set of six. We've got uh, some fantastic, hilarious press conference stuff-ups as well as a quick-fire footy preview. But just want to finish the first hour just talking about the TV commercial that you, me, and Dell did. On Tuesday, Jude, for our mates at Chemist Warehouse, a great supporter of Gotcha for Life. And you wrote this in, didn't you? you I, roped, this- I roped you two bunnies in because I wanted you to be a part of it, and we had such great fun. I decided to say to my kids, have the day off school, or their partners, please come along as well, because this is something that we can have a TV commercial that we can have forever, right? And if any of the boyfriends and girlfriends end up getting dropped or something, we can sort of scrub them, I suppose. But the <laughs> thing is, when, when you arrived, Jude, you arrived, you're cool, calm, collected. It's a bit like James Bond walking in the room, right? Uh-huh. And, I, of course, I know you blokes well, but just from my family's perspective, they were saying after at the end of the day, like when Jude walks in, he's just so cool, calm, collected. He's good looking. He's just got that aura about him, right? And then when old Buggerlugs walks in, right? Big the Del. big, big deal. Everyone's like smiling. He's making them laugh and so forth. He grips the big tub of, of pawpaw cream. He rubs it on his massive big arms. He wanted to be glistening, didn't he? Yeah, he wanted to be glistening for the shot. He kisses his bicep and he goes, thank you, God. <laughs> and the kids are just laughing and howling. And then you, you're there for a couple of hours. You left and they went, you're the luckiest bloke in the world, Dad, to have those two blokes to work with every day. So I just wanted you guys to know that you're a big hit with uh, not only the commercial, but my family as well. Well, Del and I were happy to be involved. We were a bit of renter crowd, weren't we, Del? I mean, we just got roped into the, yeah. you know, to support Gus, but happy to be there. We didn't even have a speaking part. Didn't even have a speaking part. I know. I a speaking I, part. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we don't like taking a back, back, back seat I, in those sort of I things, do we? Mind. <laughs> I'll bring the X factor. You, Jude, not so much. Um, <laughs> but but the with one... me, I'm used to doing national campaigns, like, you know, <laughs> the lamb, you know, Aussie out, you know. The one thing I did laugh, though, is, is Gus had to do one scene where he's walking his dogs, and he had to do it over and over. And yeah. Gus's eldest daughter, Ella, just turns around and goes, the dogs looked at Gus and said, why are you walking us? You've never walked us in your life. <laughs> We started a new segment last week, Jude, off the back of you being on an ABC show called You Can't Ask That. Can you explain to our uh, listeners exactly what that is, and then we'll get stuck into it? Yeah, so it was a lot of uh, ex-footballers were rolled in to do You Can't Ask That. It's on ABC iView, and um, basically asking all the questions from from viewers that, that they've always wanted to ask, but it was it was pretty confronting. There was guys like uh, Willie, Willie Mason, myself, Todd Carney, Dean Witters, uh, a, couple of, a couple of Melbourne guys as well. Um, from the AFL side of things. So it was really confronting because you just don't know what is going to be come out. And um, 
certainly uh, Ian Roberts I did the show with as well. So it was it was pretty fascinating sort of show and, and good to sort of peel away some of the layers. Yeah, so it's sort of the curly question. So start the ball rolling. We've got two questions each for each other. So you ask the first one to Dell. Absolutely. So we put these questions in a bowl and, and you've thrown the keys in there as well. Because I think it looks out. Okay, right. Here we go. Well, I saw a fruit bowl, so I threw here, the keys in. Here we in. go. Okay, this one's to Dell first. Dell, whose name should be first in the Dead Set Legends lineup out of myself and Gus? Oh, I've got no doubt it should be you, mate. Like, you know, no doubt. you should no you doubt. should be because you are a legend. Everything about you, you know, you look, you, you know, the way that you carry yourself, uh, you're a really good bloke. Um, not that Gus isn't. And Gus is just like one of those guys who just tags along for the ride, you know. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I Jude. You, <laughs> I love you too, mate. Okay. One for you, Jude. We see you as the face of so many products like Panadol, for instance. You're all over, uh, you know, Australia with that. Um, over the summer, is there anything that you wouldn't take money to flog? Oh, <laughs> uh, please, no. I mean, yeah. no. It was great to obviously be involved in that that campaign and uh, <laughs> celebrate what Aussies are doing. <laughs> Mate, we always have a look at what what comes across the table, and then uh, you. Is check there anything you've said no to? Oh, yeah, certain you know gambling stuff and things like that. <laughs> okay, stages. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, all right, Dale. You got a question for one of us? Yes, I've got a question for you, Gus. Okay. Um, so you're aware um, that in the station's remodel that is coming in a month, um, the Gus Wallen studio will cease to exist. Did you no, know that? I didn't know that. Because oh. your desk has been moved once or twice. You've well, got no desk now. And well, I had one desk. I moved yep. to one place, then moved to yep. another, then yep. no desk at all. Yeah. So and t- I had no idea that the Gus Wallen studio would no longer be the Gus Wallen studio, which... yeah. Well, that's disappointing. Can we be the ones that chip it away? Like chip it off the screen? No, you can't. <laughs> I just want to rip it down. Surely Look, you're joking. Uh, uh, I'll yeah, be talking no. to Potsy about that. Potsy's a real boss and she she loves me, so you won't let me down. <laughs> you sure she loves you? Because I, I don't think she's got a problem with pulling that down. So, yeah. <laughs> mm, okay. We'll right, think I, about that. Gus. Oh, yours, yours, Del. Go for it. You want to go? Mine. Uh, I'll go, Gus. Seriously, does Jacko know you call John Travolta a flog behind his back? I've oh. never called John Travolta a flog. I don't think I have. JT, I like to call him because John Travolta, when when you're mates with him, you call him JT. Uh, we have had three really good nights together, JT, myself, and Jacko. Oh, and I've never oh. called him a flog. Uh, in fact, I've loved every movie he's in. I loved him from Walking Back Cotter. So, yeah, I would deny that I've ever called him a flog. You vomited in the trailer? Though? I did chunder in his trailer. Um, <laughs> did you clean and, it up? Uh, no, Jacko had to clean it up. I was too <laughs> sick to clean it up. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, I've, I'd never called him a flog. Uh, Dell, this is one for me. Do you think that together Jude and Gus could take you on in a street fight and win? Uh, to be honest. Both of um, us to take you down. Yeah, I think you guys are dreaming. Uh, you guys would be in trouble. If we all went down the alley, you two wouldn't be coming back. That's all <laughs> I can say. <laughs> I fight to the death. You don't, re- you don't reckon death. M- no. sort of me just charging in and then? No. Okay. Gus, you'd have a heart attack chucking at me. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and, then, and then I'd flick Jude off like a little G-string. <laughs> <laughs> so Dead Set Legends here on Sydney's 104.9 Triple M. Wendell Saylor, Jude Bolton and Gus Warner. Be part of the conversation anytime. Give us a call on one triple three five three. And don't forget to grab the Dead Set Legends podcast on the brand new listener app. Download it for free today. Talking about the highest paid Athletes in the world last year. We're going to go from number 10 down to number one. Number 10 was Kevin Durant, $97 million placed for the Brooklyn Nets, an outstanding basketball player, just under $100 million, Jude. 
Yeah, it's a solid roster they've pulled together in the net. So, yeah, he's he's a gun, Kevin Durant. He's, uh, he's been around and taking the money in a few different places now. And he wins stuff as well. What about at number nine, Tom Brady? But I think a thing I've always felt for me in my life, you know, winning has been a priority, and my wife makes a lot of money. So I see. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, she certainly does. Just under $100 million for him too, Dell. Tom Brady, obviously now the, ta- uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he's always taken less money to make sure that he's got some unbelievable players protecting him and also catching his passes. What do you think of Tom Brady, brother? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's the total package. You know, everything he does is, um, you know, is, is quality. You know, I think last year when they won the Super Bowl, or this year when they won the Super Bowl, you know, he brought players with him. That's what he, he brings a winning vibe, but also he sets a standard. Yeah, sure I love, does. I love that he just put out a tweet. Obviously, the, the Bucks will play, uh, the Buccaneers will play the Patriots in round four of the, uh, the season. And uh, he said, it's, you know, it's like when your high school friends meet your college friends. And he just said, oh, oh, I just want to bring yeah. them all together. That, there'll be plenty, there'll be plenty <laughs> yeah. of atmosphere that day. What about Lewis Hamilton at 106 million? Number seven, Roger Federer. Neymar, the soccer player, of PSG yep. in Brazil. Number six, LeBron James. Oh, surprising wasn't oh, at the yeah. top. $125 million. What do you think of LeBron? You still got him as number one, or have you got MJ at number one oh, of all no, time? I still, I still got MJ. I love MJ. I know that LeBron stands for a lot of things, you know. Um, you know, he's not afraid to get his hands dirty and, you know. Um, but, yeah, I just love what uh, MJ, MJ changed the game. MJ was one of the reasons why I started following the NBA. And I was, I was on, you, you find this hard to believe, boys, but – I was on the Chicago Bulls bandwagon back in the day. Oh, wow. <laughs> Massive shot. This one for me is one of the most overpaid. Yeah, Dak number Prescott. four, Dak yeah. Prescott, who is the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, if you don't know, just coming back from a serious leg injury, just signed a huge deal, but really hasn't done that much for the Cowboys. Certainly hasn't taken them on a playoff run into a Super Bowl and certainly never never even looked like winning it either. Yeah, no, overpaid. $139 yeah. million for him. Number three, Ronaldo, $155 oh, yeah. million. Lionel Messi. 168 million. Those two are the best football players on the planet. But number one is this man. Rallying around California in a car that spits fire, dressed like El Chapo with anacondas on my feet. Yeah, Conor (laughs) Conor. McGregor. Conor McGregor, 233 million. That is like 70 million more than number two. For for little activity last year. One fight last year. Yeah. Amazing. But he sold but, his Irish whiskey and mm. all that sort of stuff too. What do you think of Conor McGregor? Oh, I love him. It's also the pay-per-view stuff. You know, I know it's on a bigger scale, but it's like, you know, when Mundine was at his best and people would would uh, would tune in to see him fight because people want to see him get knocked out or people want to see him win. He's such a good athlete. And obviously, Conor, Conor McGregor does it on a global scale. And the Irish... They, they support him. They love it. They want to beat the rest of the world because everyone thinks, uh, you know, we all look down on the Irish and the Irish and the Americans, they've got that sort of, you know, rivalry too. He, so I love what he's about. He has come from nothing too, which yes. is, uh, it is a good story. I mean, he bought, he, as much as you don't like him, it's sometimes. He bought, his ma, he bought his ma a lovely house <laughs> as well. But yeah, plenty of people were like, oh, I'd love to see that bloke get knocked out. But <laughs> yep. I love him too. I love his passion. Yeah, the big set of six. Jude and I have an opportunity to talk to Dell about the great game of rugby league. We've got six big questions for him, all thanks to our mates at Paddy's Markets. Tackle number one, Jude. Yeah, tackle one, Dell. The uh, the Broncos, they've got Reynolds. They're chasing Dane Gagai and uh, Jaden Sewer. Do you think it's enough for the Broncos to be a competitive side next season? Uh Yes, I, I think it is, especially with Reynolds' leadership. But I just think their forwards, no, no one fears their forwards. They're not aggressive. Um, they're quite passive. Uh, so, But, you know, you get that together, get another preseason under your belt, 
then they'll be all right, I think, yeah. So you won't have three wooden spoons in a row after last season, this season, and next? Broncos will get the wooden uh, – Bulldogs will get the wooden spoon this year, mate. Trust me. All right. Let's go. Tackle two, Kyle Flanagan. <laughs> Kyle Flanagan was dropped. Obviously won't be playing against the Raiders. Do you think it's fair he is taking the blame for his underperforming side? Well, it's not fair, but uh, this is uh, results-driven business. And unfortunately for Cole, you know, his job is to steer that team around. There's obviously other players that are not pulling their weight. But I think, you know, there was a couple of plays there. I think he kicked on the first tackle. And I just think Baz is not happy with what he's doing there uh, at the moment. So, uh, unfortunately for the young man, uh, he'll get through this. He's too talented not to. I I think he stood up beautifully in that press conference, showed some real vulnerability. And that, to me, is true leadership. Once his dad was mentioned, that got him. That's when he broke down. But he really took a moment Took 20 seconds, big deep breath, and got on with it. So big uh, big tick for him for me. All right. Tackle three, Dell. Uh, the Blues coach, Brad Fittler, said it would be silly to move James Tedesco from fullback. Do you agree, or do you think Tom, Tommy Trebojevic has done enough? Well, Tommy Trebojevic is playing unbelievable football at the moment. You know, he's uh, the competition's form player. Mate, I'd leave Tedesco there. He's earned the right to do it. He's been doing it for five or six years. I think Tommy makes your team stronger. You can play him in the centres or play him on the wing. So as a Queenslander, um, you know, having both of those in the, the team, um, it's going to be beneficial for you. Yeah, and of course, we do the set of six thanks to our mates at Paddy's with over 1,000 stands in two huge locations. You're sure to find a bargain at Paddy's. Visit paddysmarkets.com. Tackle four. This week, the NRL has introduced a new style of post-match interviews where fans can attend and ask questions of the coach. Uh, Wayne Bennett wasn't a massive fan. He said, I'm I'm not going to go if fans are involved. What are your thoughts, Del? Yeah, look, I think our fans, you know, they they pay memberships that they want to, you know, they want to ask questions. Have their say. Yeah, have their say. Um, Look, I, I like... Yeah, I like where they're going, but I can understand Wayne. Wayne's not real keen. A lot of coaches have enough pressure on them without fans you know, having asked questions. But, you know, from the fans' point of view, I think it's it's great for them, um, if, but I can't see it working. If they've been on the drink all day, oh. you, you do not want yeah. – he's no puppet, Van Bennett. He's gone, yeah, shut it down. Yeah, no, yeah. I understand that too. During the week, Mike McGuire on Tackle 5 uh, was copying it for his positional movements. Well, it showed up all right last night, didn't it? He did a good job. He's a master coach all of a sudden. Yeah, look, I think, but that's that's the Tigers to a, to a T. You know, one week they can play really well against you know South or someone and, and you know, nearly beat them, and then next week they come out and get beaten by the Cowboys. Um, you just don't know which Tigers team's going to turn up. But this was a masterstroke by Madge. There's been a bit of pressure on him. Uh, Dewey's playing some great football, but I think for me, Mozambique, he's the player that that was was sort of um, starting to play some decent football now. You know, and and looking for a new club too, by the looks of it. Yeah, they always play well when they're looking for a new contract. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's true. It's true. You can't. Can't trust Newcastle or the Tigers, can you? No, you look at them, you just can't trust them. That's exactly right. Tackle number six last season, Sir Peter Volandis, that's what we're calling him now. We're not so sure. Um, He's been hated for his new crackdown. Do you think he's going to ride this wave out all right, mate? Or do you think um, this is the start of the end for him? No, I think you're right the way about. He's done so much good for our game, and you know he's just they just got to stop. Um, I suppose reacting to fans and obviously you know the blow ups by you know us in the media. Um, <laughs> Valendis has done so much, and he'll be sweet, mate. Okay, no worries. That's a big set of six coming up next. We have got some wonderful audios. There was a press conference during the week, boys. I'm not sure if you caught up on it, but it's a cringy one. I'm uh, going to play it to you now. Just imagine this poor girl who's been thrown in to this, doesn't know what's going on, and. Well, this is how it ended. Sim um, Crichton has also been put in the mix. Do you think he is a chance as well? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Do you hope to see him out there? Yeah, I don't know. Sarah, you're talking to Stephen Crichton. <laughs> sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> 
Sarah. Oh. Now, you can yeah. you can understand it. We've all been in a position a bit like yeah. that, and you're just like, he just, she doesn't know Stephen Crichton from from Adam, right? So she's saying, he's he's good player. He's a chance of playing. And Steve yeah. Crichton's the one thinking it's a bit of a joke. So he's laughing it along. It stumped him. It really stumped him. Too. <laughs> yeah. You could see him sort of play back. Is this a joke? Or am I being <laughs> yeah. stitched up here? And then... Oh. I think the first part, he thought it was a sit up. The second part, he's thinking, okay, she doesn't know she's speaking to <laughs> Stephen Crichton. I'm Stephen Crichton, girlfriend. Now, yeah. has, and now is that, well. has that ever happened um, to you, Dill? Nah, no. Nah, one, I'm too professional. And secondly, um, yeah, everybody knows who the big What about is, you, so, Gus? Yeah. What about you? <laughs> Does it happen to you? What are you talking about? Does it happen to Have you or not? You? That would never, I've never been in a press conference. No, but I mean, oh, no, but that, yeah. that level. Of, I guess, preparation and things like that. Well, I'm always well prepared, as you know, mate, and oh. truly professional. So, oh, so I would it, never. So it had never happened on this show. Let's I'll... just go to the audio. I reckon we've found a bit for you. Coming what? up next, we've got the featherweight world champion of the UFC, Alan. Alex Volkanovsky. <laughs> he is live. Who's Alan? What? Are you kidding? He is live. Oh. From Vegas. Oh my this is the Dead Set Legends on Sydney's 104.9 Triple M. Wendell Saylor, Jude Bolton, and Gus Warland. We do the show all thanks to our mates at Paddy's. Are we still with Paddy's yet? Not yeah, yet. Of okay, course. not yet. <laughs> okay, that's it for the Dead Set Legends. Enjoy your footy. Have a great weekend. Okay, that's it for the Dead Set Legends. Enjoy your footy. Have a great weekend. Okay, that's it for the Dead Set Legends. Enjoy your footy. Have a great weekend.